Elementary music teacher friend, you love what you do, but you might feel unappreciated and, in fact, unseen some days. You may even feel like you're on a music teacher island and just want to connect with other music teachers who can relate to both your struggles and wins when it comes to teaching elementary music. I get you and understand completely the feelings you're having. That's why each and every week, the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast will provide you with solo and guest episodes that will help you realize you're not alone in your music teaching journey. Throughout each episode, my goal is for you to be able to walk away with actionable steps and ideas to help you feel like you're ready to take on the new week with whatever challenges may be thrown your way. Hi, I'm your host, Jessica Peresta, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you're at home, in your car, in the shower, or wherever else you're listening, grab your cup of coffee or whatever other beverage is nearby and listen in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Well, happy fall, y'all. I feel like I can finally say that as the temperatures in the mornings here in Arkansas are starting to drop a bit. It is that awkward season of cool in the morning, then really hot in the afternoon, and then the evenings cool off a little bit too. So I don't know what it's like where you live, but Arkansas is literally cannot make up its mind in September if it wants to be fall yet, if it's hanging on to summer a bit longer. But with that said, I am going to go ahead and claim it as fall. If you're listening to this episode, when it's not September, then just forward right ahead through this little tidbit and let's move forward. So today's episode is a solo episode with me and it's about ideas for students entering your music room. Now, at this point, you have probably already started the school year, all right? Maybe you've been in school for a full month. Maybe it's been a few weeks. Maybe you just started this week. I don't know where you're at in your school year. But with that said, the ideas I'm going to share in this episode are ideas you can implement with your students even tomorrow. I don't think it's ever too late to talk about students entering the classroom or exiting the classroom or transitions in the music room, which we're going to have future episodes about all of those things as well. But today we're going to specifically focus on entering the classroom. One thing I notice a lot is, and I've talked about it on this podcast many times, is the comparison game, the comparing yourself to other teachers. And one of the ways you can compare yourself to other teachers is this exact conversation, is how do your students enter the room? I have seen music teachers have a great plan for their kiddos getting into their music room and then kind of change it all up when they hear about something someone else is doing. And lo and behold, when they change their approach that was already working to something else just because they heard someone saying they're doing that other approach, It doesn't work as well with their students because that's not their students. So with anything I ever say on this podcast, my biggest piece of advice is to be yourself, is to build relationships with your students, which is actually the theme of the month this month in my Harmony membership. We're going to talk all about it this whole entire month. Um, But also, we're knowing yourself. What are you comfortable doing? What Do you have any school-wide procedures? What works with getting your kiddos into the music classroom? especially during a COVID school year, what's going to work for you? 
So with that said, with this episode and any other episode, whether it's a solo or a guest episode, my goal is always for it to be be very conversational on this podcast, but also for you to take what you hear and make it work for you. So maybe you'll hear 10 different pieces of advice or approaches that you could do, and maybe you take one of them and say, "Mm, actually, that's the one I need that's going to really work for me, or you might have an aha moment. So that's my goal with this podcast. So I'm over my one and a half hour rant, (laughs) or whatever you want to call it, and we're going to get started. So I'm going to share the exact strategies I have done with students in the music room that worked amazingly well for me. And when I implemented these strategies, I started noticing, along with, of course, implementing classroom management procedures and the kiddos knowing expectations, keeping class time moving along, transitions, all that's important. But more than anything that I noticed what worked the best was getting the kiddos settled in into the room right away. And when I got them into my music room the right way, the rest of the class period moved super smoothly. So the reason is, is because you're going to start as you mean go. You're going to start with setting the expectations for that, let's say 30 minutes, 45 minutes, hour period class time. And you're going to start with the expectations. What do you expect your students to do right away? Right away. This is not just a first week of school thing. This is an entire every single week of the school year thing is every time you see your students, these ideas are going to really help you with continuing through the entire class period if you start as you mean go. So let's go ahead and talk about what these things are. The first thing, and a lot of these are simple things, and a lot of these you may already be doing, but the first thing is meet your students at the door. I can't tell you how... Uh, let's go back to my first year teaching. Let's let's start there. I remember being a frazzled hot mess. And if you're listening to this and you're like raising your hand, go, wait, that's me right now. I'm a frazzled hot mess. Well, I remember being a frazzled hot mess because I was getting used to, let's say, fifth grade coming in as second grade was leaving and hurrying up and trying to change out, change out what I was about to do. And I had to hurry up and get the things ready for fifth grade as second grade was leaving. Because as you know, teaching fifth grade music is not the same as teaching second grade music. It's not going to be the same. So I was always frazzled and in a hurry and hurrying up to get things ready. So then what would happen? I turn around and these fifth graders are coming into my classroom, wandering around the talking, starting. They weren't ready to go. They didn't even know where to sit half the time. They weren't sure what we were doing. By the time I was ready to start the class period, it took me five minutes to get them back and focused and ready. And it just was not, I knew right away, I was like, this is not the way I want to start my class time. Something's got to change. And it was me. And I think taking ownership of yourself as a teacher is important. Recognizing yourself first and saying, hmm, uh, what what do I need to change? It's not blaming your kiddos, but what can I change in here? This is This is my classroom. If I'm not setting my students up for success, if I'm not the one in control in here, then who else is going to be, right? Like, this is my room. Um it makes me think about, this is totally a sidebar, but if you've listened to me at any amount of time, oh, we're at episode, what is this, 168 by now, then you know I'm a rambler sometimes. So stick with me on these bunny trails because I'm going somewhere. If you know anything about me, I'm a huge Arkansas Razorback fan. 
All right. I'm currently getting my master's degree at University of Arkansas. My husband and my dad are University of Arkansas alumni. And I love sports. I love especially basketball and football. I played basketball in school. And so anyways, I was watching the Razorback. The Razorbacks had their first football game a couple weeks ago. And I was watching the post-game presser with our coach and he, Sam Pittman, and I thought it was amazing because sometimes if you watch these pressers, if you're not a sports fan, stick with me. I promise I'm going somewhere. Sometimes it is all about blaming their players and what they should have done better and how they... and you know, it just constantly is like what they need to work on. And all that's true. All that's true. And same with your students. There's things they need to work on. There's things that they could do better. But what I loved what he said in this interview is, but most of it goes back to coaching. It's what do we need to improve? Looking at where the breakdown happened and how do we need to fix subtle shifts? Like what little tiny things need to be changed in order for us to move forward as a team? And I love those little moments where Jessica's brain goes, hmm, I could definitely relate to that in teaching. Because when I took ownership as a teacher and changed subtle things like how my students are coming into the classroom, then that teeny tiny shift, like putting that one nail into place in the, you know, like if you're building a house, not that I've ever built a house on my own, but you know, where you put that one last nail into place, everything else starts falling together. Okay. So meeting your students at the door is huge. So if you are falling into that camp of I'm trying to get things set up for my next class coming in, then maybe it's time to go back to the drawing board and say, how can I do that? What if I know I'm going from second grade to fifth grade or fifth grade to second grade, I need to already have my resources, my lesson plans, my seating charts, my uh, Google slides ready to go for my next class period. And what I'm going to do is before uh, or as my second graders are lining up to leave, I'm going to have all that stuff pulled up and ready to go. And I'm moving myself in the hallway with those kids. It is with anything else in teaching, it's trial and error. It takes practice. It takes going back to the drawing board. It takes figuring it out. Did that work? No. Okay, what can I do now? That is what is going to just be part of your teaching day. This goes back to, I've mentioned before, I wrote my book, Make a Note What They Don't Teach You About in School Pretty Much, is the fact that um, what they don't teach you about elementary music is what I meant. But what the fact that you get taught about teaching music sort of, right? I mean, sort of, it depends on where you went to college, but, and, and that's not even the only dependent. It, 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 there's a lot of things that they don't teach you, which is a lot of it is, here's what to do in the music room. Here's the songs to teach. Here's, you know, if you're going to be an elementary music teacher, here's different methods that you can implement and all those things. But nobody told me about the transitions. Nobody told me about starting and stopping class when you're going to different grade levels. Nobody told me that there was going to be things I needed to work out and figure out how to do that. So that might be the camp you find yourself in is I want to transition better, which like I said, that's a future episode, but I want to start my class period better, but I need to figure out how I can meet my students at the door in order to 
get there in order to get to the door to meet them at the door i got to figure out how to close out my last period a little bit better so but meet your students at the door so when you're meeting your students at the door have a smile on your face even if the last period was not that great or you you had something go wrong or you were just you know having a conversation with a child that needed to happen if you know what i mean those things are not that next class's fault they have nothing to do with that previous situation it is so tough to switch gears and it's so tough to switch gears to go from lower to upper elementary or upper to lower elementary that's tough first of all but second of all give that class that's coming into you a fresh start have a smile on your face act excited to see them be ready to meet them at the door one thing that's really fun is if you are allowed to touch because in a covid world we may or may not be able to still but high five them as they come in the room elbow bump them uh just i don't just hug their give them a side hug be excited to see them just how are you today as they come in or it's good to see you or uh welcome to music i'm so excited you're here today and as the year goes on that'll change a little bit you're not going to need to say how are you or it's good to see you because they already know that but you could have some some kind of fun something that you do before they come in the room so we're going to transition to talking about that when they come in the music room after you've met them at the door you're excited to see them you're standing at the door for every single student walking in the room make giving them eye contact smiling at them just that little gesture alone, seeing that teacher smile, seeing the teacher excited to see them gets them. They, you may be the only teacher that smiled at them all day, the only adult that they've received a smile from all day. Do not undervalue those little gestures and say, but it's just a smile. What's the big deal? I promise you, it is a big deal. The kiddos need love. They need to know that you are excited to see them. School sometimes for a lot of these students is their safe place, is where they go to receive love and to receive, of course, they're there to learn, but a lot of them, that's where they go to get interaction and love and acceptance. And so smiling is huge. So they come in your room. Well, what do you do with them now? How are you going to... Talking about entering the classroom, well, as they enter the classroom, one thing I love to do with kiddos is body percussion. Body percussion is huge. And if you're not familiar with body percussion, a great book to start with is called The Body Rondo Book. It's by Jim Solomon. And I think he has a couple books, but this The Body Rondo Book is the one that I really love. And it it looks a little overwhelming. It has a lot going on in there, but pick one of the lines that you see in this book on one of the, one of the activities and teach the body percussion to your students. You looking at the rhythms can choose, okay, I'm going to have them pat here, maybe on the eighth notes, they're going to clap the quarter note, and then they're going to stomp right here on, on this this measure maybe that has half notes and a mixture of eighth notes and quarter notes. However you decide to do it is fine. You don't even have to use a book. You could literally, as your students are walking into the classroom, have them echo body percussion rhythms after you. You can uh, just make sure they're paying attention and uh, just snap your fingers back and forth. And as they're walking in the room, they're doing this as they walk to their seat. So there's two things happening here. One, they're paying attention to you and they're making music from the second they're walking into the classroom. And the second thing that's happening is when their hands are busy, 
and they're concentrating on doing something, even if it literally is just a T, 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 T pattern like that, they are, their hands are busy. They're not able to touch their neighbor. They're not, they're probably not going to be able to talk and snap their fingers at the same time because it's too many things to think about. So giving them something to do with their body as they walk in their room, as they walk in the room, is going to really go far for you as well. But here's another cool thing you can do. You can silently start doing echo rhythms or movement for the students to follow. When they're in the hallway before they even walk into the classroom or after they've walked into the classroom and they're already at their seats, then you can start doing silent echo rhythms. You're not even telling the students you're doing it. You're not like, today we're going to start with a body percussion activity. Just start it. Just start it. And you'll notice right away what's what's kind of cool about doing something like that is you're going to have students who are participating with you and maybe there's half the class isn't paying attention and then you'll have three-fourths of the class doing it with you and then eventually the students who aren't participating are realizing some there's a lot of noise going on around them and will look around and be like, oh, what are we doing? <laughs> and they're going to realize something's going on at the front of the room and then they'll start joining in. So what I mean by start silently doing echo rhythms or movement is literally what I'm saying. You could be at the front of the room, literally just wave your hands in the air like you just don't care. And students at first will be looking at you like, what is she doing? Especially if this is, you know, towards the beginning of the school year. If students don't know who you are, you maybe have new students at your school or you're new to a school, then that's okay. Let them think you're crazy at first. They're going to think that all year long anyways. It's fine. So you're just waving your hands kind of in the air a little bit. And then you're going to have some students follow along. And then maybe you switch to You're not, you're still not telling them you're doing this and you're going to see who's kind of following along. So maybe you transition to the wall and you're doing something like this. Now you're going to wave your arms in the air. You can't see me doing this because it's a podcast, but you're kind of waving your arms in the air a little bit. Maybe now you're walking in a circle. You're seeing who follows you. And then you slowly with your hands, you gesture for your students to sit down. Okay, so at this point, you've met your students at the door, you've greeted them with a smile, you're excited to see them, you've told them hi, maybe you've high-fived them, maybe you've even given them a high foot, whatever it is, and then you've done some kind of body percussion. As they're walking into the room, when they go to their seats, you're keeping their bodies moving, and this is when you transition to doing Notice we haven't even done any singing yet. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Now they're echoing some body percussion or movement activities after you without you giving any instructions. You silently start it. Okay. When everybody's ready to go, this is taking maybe a couple minutes, maybe one minute at max. You're ready to start class. You're ready to move right into what you're doing that day. So let's talk about singing. I get asked a lot, well, which warm-up do I do? Do You told me to do a body percussion warm-up. So do I do a singing warm-up as well? Do I do both? One? Neither? What do I do? What I always say is I always, I always, this is everybody's opinion's different. And like I said, listen to this with a grain of salt and say, mm, that'll work for me or it won't. That's okay. But what I always like to do is I always like to start with some kind of movement or body percussion to get blood flowing through the kiddos' bodies, to get them paying attention, to get their bodies interacting right away. Then you can, depending on what you're doing that day, I would say transition to a vocal warm-up. 
how you do this is up to you. One of my favorite vocal warmups is roller coaster warmups. What I it's so simple. You literally can draw. I don't know how else to explain it, but squiggly squiggly lines where a line looks like it's going up like a stair step. There's another one just kind of goes up like a straight line or at a 90 degree angle. There's another one that looks like it's going up like loops, you know, looks like shoelaces being tied together kind of. And then um, maybe one looks like it's hills. You're going up and down the hills. And so what happens is when you have these singing warmups, you could literally turn those into posters, hold them up one at a time. And students are basically doing what the poster says. For example, if it's the stair step one, it's, um, so here's do, so it's do. Um, you don't have to even sing with a solfege. You could just go sing on lu. Lu, 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 lu. They're going up by steps, see? Then if it's a straight line going up, they could follow and say, hey, follow it with your finger. Follow what this, what this pattern's doing with your finger that you see on the poster. So here's where we're starting. We're going to follow it up on the road. And then if it's like loops, and you can use any syllable you want to use, loo, woo, whatever you want to use. I like the ooh sound because it opens the mouth. Um, so that's a simple singing warm up. Now, of course, you can literally warm students up to a song they've already learned before. Maybe it's a song they've learned in the, a previous class period that they're going to warm up to or do some review to before they move on and do something else with the song. But if you just want simple singing warm ups, then something simple like that, where it's called roller coaster warm ups, are super simple. Students love them. And what's really cool is they can even make up their own. You could have students come up one at a time to make up their own roller coaster. And the students, maybe they draw it if you have a whiteboard or a smart board or whatever you have, or they literally just with their finger, their pointer finger in the air, show the students what they're wanting to do. And the other students have to trace in the air with them and sing it with their voice. So those are some ways to get your class time started, meeting them at the door, body percussion movement, and singing, and also silent echo and movements for your students to do as well. So other things I want to definitely discuss about starting class period, entering the classroom, is of course, procedures and expectations. Students need to know where to go and what to do. So this is something, of course, you should have covered first week of school, second week of school, by now, if it's the third week of school, or if you're just at the beginning of the school year, make sure your students know the procedures. Yes, you can sit there and go over the procedures for everything that's going on in the music room with them, but also make sure you're going over your procedures and expectations as you're doing an activity. For example, since we're talking about entering the classroom, how do you expect your students to enter the classroom? How do you expect them to go to their seats when they know where their seats are? What do they do when they get there? What do they do at their seats? Do you want them to just sit there? Do you want their hands to be on their lap? But we already talked about if you're starting them with some kind of movement or body percussion, then they're not going to have to worry about what to do with their hands because they're already going to be doing something with their hands. But what happens when it is time to sit down after you do the body percussion or movement? Then you need to let them know that. How do you expect them to sit? What are they supposed to do with their hands, their mouth, their body? What Tell them these things. Don't just ever expect or assume students just automatically know what to do. 
Yes, I'm talking about even your fourth, fifth, sixth graders. Make sure you let them know what your expectations are. It's super important that they're aware of that. Practice, 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 and stay consistent. It's does it definitely does get frustrating when you feel like you have gone over these procedures you've gone over expectations you've let your students know what you want them to do as they enter the room and it feels like you're like are they ever going to get it i've gone over this so many times and it's like hello have you listened to me stay consistent consistency really 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 pays off there will be one of your classes, let's say out of 20 classes you teach, there will be one class, you already probably in your head are thinking of that particular class. I had someone last week tell me there was a third grade class, that, that was their class this year, there was one third grade class. For some re reason, they knew was gonna be their class that was gonna give them a little bit of struggle this year. So think of that one class that feels like you have gone over procedures and expectations with and they're just still not getting it. Keep being consistent keep practicing, keep reminding. Don't let the students, don't ease up. Because when you do that, they're going to think that your procedures aren't really happening or that they don't need to follow them. Be consistent with your expectations. Be consistent with what's going to happen if you follow my procedures and what's also going to happen when you're not really doing it. Be consistent and voice your expectations. Don't, don't just post them on the wall and expect students to read them. Voice it. It's okay to stop class to remind the students what your expectations are. Guys, are we doing what we're supposed to right now? No. Someone raise your hand and tell me what the procedure is for this activity. It's that simple. So as they enter the classroom, if they're not entering the classroom the way they are supposed to, if they're not entering the classroom the way you know that you have told them to do it, it is okay. And honestly, what's really cool is when you do this, you don't have to do it very often. Okay, so what happens is if you enter the classroom and your students, let's say it's a full class, is not doing what they're supposed to, it's okay to turn that class back around, walk them back to the hall, wait for them to stand quietly before they enter again. And you don't even need to tell them you're doing it. You're just, okay, walk back out. And when they follow you, they know their procedures to follow you into the room, then they're going to follow you right back out of the room and they're going to stand there with you. Or you could even say, we're going to walk back out and try that again. You're not being angry about it. You're not being rude about it. You just are letting your students know, we're going to go back out and practice how to walk into my room again. We're not ready yet. What ends up happening is there may only be one class you have to do that with. And that one class, you will only need to do that with them a couple times before they get it. Before they're like, okay, she's not kidding. I'm tired of walking in and out of the room a hundred times. So we're gonna, not a hundred, but you know what I mean? So we're going to do it the right way. We're going to come in the right way. And so that is when I say practice and be consistent, be consistent with your expectations and be consistent. If you tell your students to come in the room a certain way and they're not doing it, be consistent with what you're, how you're expecting them to do it. And it's okay to practice that with them in the hallway. I guarantee you their homeroom teacher has practiced with them about how to enter the room, what the expectations are in her classroom as they enter the classroom for the day, as they get there in the morning, what the expectations are. And I promise you, those teachers have practiced with those students entering the classroom and they probably have them line up and walk out and walk back in again a couple times as well. Keep in mind that expectations and entering the classroom is going to look different for kindergarten, obviously, than it does for fifth grade. So 
just think about that. It's not going to look the same. You can't have the same expectations across the board. Body percussion will look a little bit different for kindergarten through fifth grade. You will have a lot more needing to go over expectations with kindergartners. But just keeping in mind that it won't look the same across the board. You will have to have some subtle shifts and some subtle things that change when it comes to um, lower and upper elementary. And the other thing to keep in mind is seating charts is going to definitely be a lifesaver for you. I would say right away to set yourself up for success and for students entering the classroom, let them know where you want them to sit. Then, I'm sorry if you hear this dog barking, by the way, then if you, then if you need to change the seating charts as you go throughout the school year, that's okay. But have somewhere for them to sit right away so they're not just walking in and sitting wherever. Um, you're not maybe not going to know your students right away. You're not going to know who needs to sit next to someone else strategically for different reasons, but you will learn that as you go. But have assigned seats and it will benefit you as well because as your students enter the classroom, as you're still learning their names, having a seating chart you can go back to where you can see their names, you can memorize their names, associate a face to the name that you have written out will definitely help you. So this episode about students entering the classroom, I hope it was helpful. It was just some suggestions that have worked for me that I really wanted to go over with you because I know that I want to set you up for success and I want to help you be as successful as you can in your music room with your students. Have an amazing day, friends, and I will see you next week. Well, hey there. Thank you so much for listening into the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. There is an exclusive Facebook group just for listeners of this podcast and any elementary music teacher called the Elementary Music Teacher Community Facebook group. Come on over and join us there where we have conversations around the podcast episodes and encourage each other each and every week. And also head to my website, thedomesticmusician.com. I have some free resources there that you can download to help you gain traction in your classroom today as well as the blog and the membership site and all kinds of other goodies to help you keep going in your music teaching journey. I cannot wait to keep connecting with you and encouraging you and spurring you on in your journey of teaching elementary music. Hang in there, have an amazing week, and I will see you soon.